My name is Trish Ware, and I am obsessed with all things pregnancy and birth, and helping you to navigate both the practical and the magical seasons of this journey called motherhood. I'm an all-day coffee-sipping mama of seven and labor and delivery nurse who took her expertise in the labor room and turned it into an online one-stop shop for mamas looking for powerful education and support. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many babies in my 15 plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse and as a mama of seven. I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby and write the birth story of your dreams. So hit subscribe and let's replace your anxiety and fear with complete confidence. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. Hello, everyone. I am so excited about today's episode. Today, I have Kaylee. She is a licensed therapist, a mama, and a birth trauma survivor. And we're going to talk all about birth trauma and how that became such a focus in Kaylee's life. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am too. I am very passionate about this topic, and I know we chatted before, but I don't know if I told you that part of the reason why I am doing what I'm doing now, which is educating online uh, through my birth classes and my pregnancy postpartum membership, part of that is because I was seeing but didn't know how to define it, seeing birth trauma in the making. Yeah. And I was there as a staff and really my hands were tied. And then on the flip side, when I started educating online, I was hearing all of these things inside of my DMs and emails. And it just got to be where I was like, okay, what can I with my skill set do to help prevent these things from happening? And it wasn't until I was really in the thick of it when it started really becoming the term birth trauma. And um, I'm so passionate about this. So I'm super excited to have you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think the education piece in this space is so important for preventing some types, at least, of birth trauma, Mm -hmm. helping just patients, clients, whatever we call them, depending on our profession, understand what their options are and what control they can have in a situation. Exactly. One of the things that I tell when I'm talking to people who are debating about taking a birth class is if you don't know your options, you don't have any. Yeah. And it's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I would love for you to tell us about your birth experience, which sure. led to you being passionate about yeah. this subject yeah, as well. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yeah, I had a pretty traumatic birth. Clearly, that's what led me to this work. But I was a normal, healthy, pregnant person with my first child. Um, and I went in for an induction for some high blood pressure. It's like 40 weeks and two days. And Two days into the induction, it was a normal, slow induction process. I said that I wasn't feeling well. I was finally 10 centimeters, and I turned to my nurse, and I said, I'm not feeling well. And she was like, 
okay, I hear you. That is normal for transition. So let me get you a bag to be sick in. And I turned to her and I said, nope, something is really wrong. And then I started screaming that something was wrong with my heart. And I went immediately into cardiorespiratory arrest. And so my heart stopped and I stopped breathing. Um, At the time, they didn't know for sure, but I was having an amniotic fluid embolism, which is an extraordinarily rare obstetric complication. And so I was immediately, a code blue was called. I was whisked off to the OR. They were able to get my son out via C-section within six minutes from the time that the code blue alarm was hit, which is insane. My team was incredible and that absolutely saved his life. He was born while they were performing CPR on me to keep me alive. By nine or 10 minutes into this, towards the end of the C-section, they did get a pulse back on me. And then my son was whisked off to the NICU and I, from that point forward, had a very complicated few hours and days. So I went into what's called DIC, just basically where your blood clots everywhere it's not supposed to, consumes all of those wonderful clotting factors, and then you bleed out. So I was hemorrhaging excessively. I required a hysterectomy, more than 140 units of blood product, and I needed ECMO. My heart and lungs weren't recovering in the way that they were supposed to. So this was over the course of about eight or nine hours. So I was in and out of the OR, in and out of IR, lots of surgeries. They were able to pack my abdomen, get me on ECMO, and transfer me out to a medical facility that could maintain the ECMO circuit. They had ambulanced it in to get me on it, and they had to transfer me out. So then again, it was a long like two-week ICU stay full of lots of intervention and trying to figure out how they could get me to survive. And thankfully, they did. And lots of cool stories in there that thankfully balance out some of the really awful stuff that we had to go through as a family. I, I love your perspective on that. My husband is definitely my mindset coach. Yeah. So that sounds so much like something he would tell me, what can we learn from this and how can Mm -hmm. we grow and like, where's the good in this? So I love that, Kaylee. Thank you for saying that. And I'm so sorry that happened to you. What an experience. That's a lot. Yeah, it really was. And I'll be completely honest, speaking to the mindset part, I'm three and a half years out. So I'm only now able after two and a half years of therapy, lots and lots of work. I'm only now able to start picking out the parts of that experience that I have gratitude for. For a very long time, There, there's no room for gratitude when you're in that much grief and that much trauma, and that's completely mm-hmm. okay. But the healing comes when we're able to begin to see those moments and start to grow from that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that perspective because my family is going through something very difficult right now. And I'm in the, I can't be grateful for any of this stage. Yeah, And so it's good to know, like you have to go through all the stages and it's also good to know that there's a light at the the end of all that therapy. So I, so what, one thing that, you know, came up to me while you were talking was because I know we're going to talk a lot about birth trauma and the signs of it and the causes of it and the effects of it and the help for it. But I also wanted to know in your story, how about your partner? Has he had therapy as well? Yeah. Being a therapist myself, when we were discharged from the hospital, 
there was a lot of, my God, I can't believe I survived this. This is something that it's going to flip of the coin, whether you survive an AFE or not. Thankfully, with medical technology, the survival rates are getting a little bit less grim, but still pretty horrendous. Yeah. And so we were like, oh my God, we're going to live this fairy tale life together. Like we got a second chance. We get to be here with our kid and all of those things are true. And it did not end up a fairy tale because what we had were two completely traumatized individuals trying to take care of a newborn and navigate parenthood for the first time together. And often in birth trauma, the two partners are traumatized in different ways. And very often they cope with that trauma very differently. And so that was the case for my husband and I I had no memory of anything that happened to me. So the last thing I remembered was like three days before I went in to get my induction, I had gotten my nails done. But I don't remember walking into the hospital. I don't remember the induction. I don't remember anything until nine days later. And so my husband lived through all of that. And so he has the trauma of watching me quite literally die in front of him. And I have the trauma of waking up and everyone telling me that I died, that I had a hysterectomy, that I have to now like cope in the CTICU and heal and get through this while I'm trying to be a mom and they're trying to pump me because I was supposed to breastfeed and they're but instead I have a chest tube and an open abdomen and it's just mm. it did not end up being a fairy tale when we went home and that crushing reality was really difficult to handle when you especially when you have other people saying, oh my God, you're so lucky. You should be so grateful you survived. Oh my God, I can't believe people survived. Yeah, it's such a miracle. All these things that are true and also thousands, hundreds of thousands of individuals give birth every year and get to just go home without all of the trauma. And so, and back to sort of point, being a therapist, I was like, I know we're fine right now when we're like stepping foot outside the hospital this was pretty crazy. And I have a feeling we're going to need a lot of support. So I got into therapy right away with someone who specializes in perinatal mental health. And I also got my husband in to see someone who specializes in perinatal mental health. And so we were doing individual therapy on our own to deal with sort of our own trauma for a while. And then about a year and a half after his birth, we started doing couples therapy, which was incredibly helpful for our relationship as well. Wow. that's I'm so glad that I asked you that because I think that's so important. A couple things that I heard you say is that it the outside perspective is not the only perspective. And I get this inside of, obviously, I've got two birth classes, thousands of students. And so it's not all picture-perfect birth. So we offer what we call the labor VAT signal to our students who are also a member in our membership. And we provide them access to me and my team doula, Taylor, via a DM. And it's the three of us in a group chat from 37 weeks to six weeks postpartum. And I used to just do it up to labor and not so officially, but I've it's been really good because so many of these moms have well-meaning friends and family that just don't know what to say, but they tell them you should just be happy that blah. And it's not that simple. And so I love that you brought that up. And I love that you both pursued therapy. That's really important. So I guess where what we should go into after hearing your story is number one, 
like Kaylee said, this is a very rare thing that happens. I've been a labor and delivery nurse since 2006, and I've only encountered this once or twice in my career. So this is not a very common thing. So I don't want you guys being really scared. But what I want you all to really take away from this episode is the points that Kaylee's going to make and in describing what birth trauma is and how you can recognize it and what you can do about it. So can you tell everyone, just give like a really good, easy to understand explanation of what birth trauma is? That's a tall order, (laughs) only because the topic of birth trauma is so nuanced. But birth trauma is, first of all and foremost, subjective. And what I mean by that is if you feel like you were traumatized by your birth experience, then you were. And it doesn't matter if the medical team has seen this many times and it's routine for them. Because trauma isn't actually about the event that occurs. It's about the way that your brain processes it. One of the top questions I get all the time about our birth classes is what makes Labor Nurse Mama birth classes and pregnancy postpartum membership different from all else. Here's the thing. Our classes and our support community are different because I care if you succeed in your birth quest. I've built an insane amount of support and accountability in both of my birth classes and our membership which means you are so much more likely to succeed and leave your birth feeling calm and confident. I have a reputation for being a super supportive online labor and delivery nurse slash doula. I bring my experience from having had six babies myself and bringing thousands of babies into the world. I really want to know you. I want you to believe that you are capable and you are strong. But I also know that sometimes medical interventions are necessary. And if you find yourself in the situation where you have to make big decisions, I want you to be armed with the extensive education and have the guidance to make an informed choice. Mama, check out our birth classes and our pregnancy and postpartum membership so that you can find the support that you cannot find anywhere else. Inside of our pregnancy and postpartum membership, we have weekly hangouts where I hang out with you and I actually answer your questions face to face. We have experts coming in, teaching our mamas all the way from preconception to postpartum. We want you to be armed with education and power. Check out the link in the show notes. And that is not a choice. I want to be very clear about that. And so birth trauma can look like anything that makes you feel unsafe, disrespected, anything in your environment that your brain had a moment where it shut down. And then we hear about those trauma responses, right? Fight, flight, freeze, fawn. Those are those automatic responses that happen when your body and your brain is in a trauma state. And so anytime that happens, you're processing something as trauma. And that's going to look different 
across the board. That can look like a situation like mine, a maternal near miss is what we call them. That can look like a doctor not providing informed consent and going ahead with a procedure without your knowledge or without your full understanding of what that means. That can look like a nurse or a doctor berating you, coercing you. It can look like something very uncomfortable that happened in your labor environment. That can look like precipitous labor. That can look like an emergency C-section. It's going to look different for everyone. And someone who has a precipitous labor, an emergency C-section may be totally okay with it. And it didn't overwhelm their ability to cope. And other people may be put in those circumstances and it overwhelms their ability to cope and therefore their brain processes that as traumatic. I love that you pointed out that it's subjective. Mm -hmm. I think that's a real big problem in this is that... It doesn't matter what someone else thinks about it. It's about you. I was telling my girls the other night that like when our brain processes threat or trauma, our reaction, our physical reaction is the same as if someone's coming at us with a knife. If they're coming at us during our birth with a vacuum that we don't know what it is and why they're going to use it, our body perceived, our mind perceives that as a threat and we react physically the same way. So I'm glad that you said that. Someone is traumatized. They've got birth trauma. What are some of the signs and symptoms and how do they figure that? I know you said as simple as if you think you were traumatized, that's that. But what if someone is like, gosh, what's happening? Why do I feel this way? Absolutely. And to your point of if someone thinks that they were traumatized, if they're experiencing these symptoms, then they are, and it's not really up for anyone else's debate. Mm-hmm. I also want to point out, because this gets caught up in it sometimes, not all birth is traumatic. Birth is not inherently traumatic. And I want people to understand that because I think that gets said a lot. And I find it as a way to, it's used as a way to remove any sort of responsibility from others having to change how they treat people who are laboring or how the systems work for people who are birthing, laboring, all of that. And so while birth trauma is subjective and you get to decide whether your birth was traumatic, birth itself is not inherently traumatic. And I think that distinction Mm -hmm. is really important. Um, And so back to the symptoms that you asked me about, a lot of it is based around sort of these feelings of re-experiencing and avoidance also hypervigilance. So the re-experiencing is the flashbacks that we often associate with a traditional sort of PTSD. Thinking about the event, going back to it, looping on those memories, feeling like you're really stuck in that, and then also getting triggered by something in your environment that is an overwhelming body experience that brings you back into something to do with your birth. And avoidance which is avoiding those triggers, right? You realize that certain things are triggering you in your environment, whether it's like medical appointments, whether it's the smell of certain hand sanitizer, and you begin to avoid anything that is triggering those flashbacks and those re-experiencing moments. It, yeah, it's just so profound to me because I, like I said, I have my pregnancy and postpartum membership and we meet weekly via Zoom. And so as you're saying that, I'm just thinking of a few of my mamas that have experienced birth trauma. And 
them saying things like, I don't know why, but I just can't stop thinking about my birth. I can't stop yeah. going through it and figuring this out and trying to find out where this went wrong or that went mm -hmm. wrong. It's just that replaying. And yeah. I, it, that's so hard so yeah. hard because I'm thinking of one mom like I I get to know my students very well so it's just oh goodness I'm so glad you're here so glad you're here yeah. this is such an important topic so I guess the next thing is that a lot some of my students have asked me and I told you that I I want to know we hear birth trauma we hear birth PTSD we hear these different terms what are there differences yeah is it the same yeah, it's not the same in my opinion, but you can have birth trauma that leads to a diagnosis of PTSD. You can also have birth trauma and you can have trauma responses and symptoms of trauma, symptoms of PTSD that do not reach the threshold of a PTSD diagnosis through the DSM-5, which is what we use to, to diagnose. And so people who experience a traumatic event in their birth can have these trauma symptoms that we're talking about, again, without meeting the threshold of PTSD diagnosis through the DSM-5. So there's a ton of overlap, but there's right. also, you don't necessarily have PTSD if you've experienced birth trauma. Do you feel that the potential of reaching that threshold is higher if they don't get help? Or do you think it's I'm, That's I'm a good question. Curious. That's a good question. I don't know data-wise on that, but we do know that the sooner that you get help for trauma symptoms, the better off you are. Right. But that doesn't mean that if you wait 5, 10 years that you can't get help to resolve those right. trauma symptoms. Both ends, you can absolutely get effective treatment and help that will resolve some of those symptoms. But we just know, mm -hmm. as in sort of anything that we treat, the sooner that you're able to get appropriate treatment, the better the outcome. Yeah, I love that so much. We, When I created the VBAC lab, I added a module at the beginning all about debriefing your birth and navigating your first yep. birth story and then identifying your traumas and walking through that and sharing your story with the group. Because a lot of what I have found is that a lot of these moms who – had some degree of birth trauma from their, whether it's previous C-section or what have you, um, they ended up not ever sharing their birth story, not ever talking, mm -hmm. saying it out loud. And just in that, so many of them have told me, because that's one of their assignments is when they're ready to write out their birth story and not to write it out how someone they think someone wants to hear it and not the way they've been telling it all this time, all pretty and, oh, but I'm just so thankful that me and baby were healthy. Yeah. But to really write it how they're feeling. And it's been a really, it's been an honor, honestly, to be a part of that journey with a lot of these women, yeah. because I think that's another part of the trauma is that because other people get uncomfortable hearing how we really feel at times, yeah. we sugarcoat what we share. And so I think it's really, this is why all my students are always welcome to come onto the podcast and share their birth story. And I can't tell you, Kaylee, how many times they're like, yeah, but I ended up blah, or this happened or that. No, this is your birth story. Let's share it because yeah. it's their story. And I think there's power in that. So I got off on a tangent. I told you that would happen. So no, totally we've fine. talked about signs and symptoms, and we've talked about some of the things that cause birth trauma. 
And I told you that I wanted to ask you, in your opinion, what do you think is the most common cause of birth trauma that you see? Yeah, I think often it is related to treatment in the birthing room, and that can come in many different forms. And it's not always malicious or intended to be that way. But when we don't have informed consent, when procedures are done without full understanding or full knowledge, like that can absolutely create trauma. We're talking about things happening to our physical body that we don't have full control over and don't have full understanding of. And that can absolutely create trauma. And the lack of safety that people feel and lack of trust that people feel in certain circumstances when they are in labor can also create trauma. And those are the most common ones that I see. But there are also, of course, I would say also like emergency C-sections, but this is something I want to be very clear about. I personally do not believe that the procedure, the surgery, it is a surgery itself causes trauma in most cases. It's the way that it is communicated and carried out. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And that's not always, I want to be clear, it's like not always the fault of the providers. Sometimes things just happen and that is very unfortunate and it does cause trauma. And I do think there are things as providers we can do to prevent that in terms of communication. And what I always like to talk about is the after piece. So sometimes physical, especially trauma happens and it's unpreventable. Like in my case, for example, no one did anything wrong. It just was really bad luck. My nurses and my providers on the other side of that, the way that they treated me with compassion and empathy and informed me of what happened and were there for me, mitigated some of that trauma on the back end. And so providers have that ability. I never want them to think like either, oh, I screwed up by something I said. You can always apologize and own it. And that actually changes the course of how a patient feels about their time and their birth story. So you can always, always go back to meeting the patient where they are. And if there is unpreventable trauma that happens, you can actually help mitigate a lot of that trauma on the back end by the way that you treat them and the empathy that you provide them. I love that you said that because this is something I feel really strongly about because most of the facilities that I've worked in, when we have, you know, an event like yours, the team meets afterwards for a debrief and we all talk through it and we talk about what happened and what we could have done. There's no judgment or anything like that. Just walking through it so that God forbid that event happens again, we've realized like what worked, what didn't work, what we did good, what we didn't do. And I've always said that there should be a debrief with the patient and the family member as well. I think it's really important. I've told my students this because, and I say that, and why I 100% agree with you about the C-section itself is that I have my VBAC moms coming into the VBAC lab more often than not, they were not adequately educated going in. The thing that they could have changed in their birth story, maybe not so readily agreeing to an induction, which that ultimately led to the cesarean or coercion or whatever. There are different aspects, but a lot of times it was just feeling for their first cesarean because a lot some of my students they end up not getting their VBAC I can't guarantee they will they end up having a scheduled cesarean or having a repeat cesarean 
But the difference, like you said, is not the surgery. It's that the first time they felt like they had no choices and it was done to them. The second time, they know that they were a part of the decision-making process. They felt informed and they chose to go back to the OR. So they leave that birth. Yes, maybe disappointed or angry or whatever it is that they didn't get what they wanted, but they don't feel traumatized by that. And I think that's why I 100% agree with you because I've watched this play out for the last couple of years. And most of them will say, yeah, my recovery has been better. And and it's just, it's just different. So I appreciate you bringing that up. What else, like with your practice, with your own experience, and I love that you're meeting your clients in a place that there's just value about someone understanding what you're saying and what you're feeling without a lot of words. Yeah. And so I would just would ask you like for the moms out there that are feeling like no one understands, like what are some steps they can take to get help? Like how would you direct them? Yeah. A couple of things. Like finding a community, it can always be really helpful and really getting in to see a therapist. And if you're able to, I know it's not always able to happen, but seeing someone who does specialize in perinatal mental health, Postpartum Support International has a directory of providers on their website where you can search someone that's in your state and therefore is able to treat you because they have a license for your state. And feelings wise, just knowing that like you're not crazy. This was, Mm. you know, this, this is a normal reaction to an extraordinary experience. And I think that piece is really important for people to remember because it can feel so isolating and it can feel like there's something wrong with you after experiencing a birth trauma and having the feelings of like anger and resentment and frustration towards a day that your baby was born. It was supposed to be amazing. Even if it was scary and difficult, it was still supposed to feel incredible. And when you feel none of that, it can be very disconcerting. What about one thing I would just ask, because you have so much experience in this, what about the moms? Like, what are some boundaries that they can put up? Because I know I, I just had a conversation with one of my students who did have a pretty big event like yours. And she said her family member, I can't remember now, maybe sister-in-law is pregnant and she doesn't want to go around her. She doesn't want to celebrate with her. She's not on social media anymore because she doesn't want to see this. Are those like, how do they protect themselves? Is that acceptable? And how do they verbalize that to other people? Yeah, absolutely. It's a tough one, especially with family. But I think being very clear about this has nothing to do with you. Uh, person, sister-in-law, whoever. And I'm sorry. I hate that this experience has affected me and impacted me and our family in this way, but it has, and I don't have a choice over that. And so I just want to be really transparent with you about where I'm at right now. And also that it has no bearing on you and my happiness for you, but it's really about me and how this trauma has impacted me and what I need to do. And so I can't At this point, I can't be in a space where I'm talking about your pregnancy, and I know that's probably hard for you to hear, but I really want to be able to preserve our relationship and not build resentment that is not deserved towards you. And so here are the things that I'm going to be working with moving forward, like not talking about pregnancy, not coming to the baby shower, 
not or feels like mm-hmm. important for you and having those boundaries and honoring those boundaries in a way that is unapologetic because we can't help when we're traumatized and we can't help by what's going to trigger us, but we can communicate that to our loved ones so that they understand where we're at without trying to guess or feel if we're like mad at them or something. I love that. I love just being open and honest. It works most of the time. That does work. What would you say to the mamas or the women that are experiencing birth trauma but do not have a supportive partner? Maybe their partner is just get over it. Like, why are you not getting better? Like those type of things. How do they navigate that? Yeah, I think it's really hard because you're living with this person and they're the person that's supposed to support you the most. And often they're just really undereducated about trauma, potentially dealing with their own trauma and stuffing it down. And I really think communicating to them, I have a reel that is, it's not towards your partner, but it's towards a family member that says things like this. And it's really about, I get that you don't get this. I am fully aware at this point that this is not something that you fully understand what I'm doing and how it's impacting me, but I'm doing everything in my power to help myself heal so that I can be the best version of myself, specifically the best mom for insert your child's name, because that's what really matters to me. And I know that if I don't heal, it is going to impact them. And so this is what I'm choosing to do. And I would really appreciate your support in being able to do that, even if you don't fully understand what's happening. Oh, I love that. That was perfect. Mm-hmm. And because unfortunately, not everybody has a supportive partner. Nope. And on the flip side, like you said, the partner might be navigating it in an unhealthy way and thinking that they're doing okay, but maybe they're not doing so well. I'm so glad that I had you come today. Is there anything else that you feel like is really important for my listeners to know or to hear when it comes to birth trauma? Yeah, I think just that everyone's reaction and response to their birth trauma and their healing will be different. Like just as an example, like sharing your story, some people will want to share their story till the ends of the earth. And it feels really good to be able to share it and get that validation because so often we're told not to talk about it. And then there will be other people who, you know, the way that trauma is stored in our brain, it's often stored in fragments and insights and sounds and feelings rather than this really neat chronological order. And so sometimes it can be feel really hard to access memories of the birth in a way that feels good or in a way that feels like they want to share it. And so again, it really depends on who you are and what you need. And so being like being really careful about honoring that for yourself and that your birth trauma healing journey is not going to look the same as everyone else's. And that is completely okay. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. And I'm just so grateful for the work that you do. I think it is so necessary because I feel like there are so many women, like women having babies right now, like more power to you because you guys have so many more resources than we had even 10 years ago, five years ago. So I feel like even talking about, like you said, the goal is to be the best parent that you can so you can work through that trauma. I think that there's a lot of, there. there's generations of women who probably didn't even know what it was that they were dealing with or why they were dealing with it. And it's affected them to this day. Absolutely. So I think this is absolutely valuable and necessary. 
And I love it. Thank you so much for coming on today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This episode of The Birth Experience with Labor Nurse Mama was so important to me. I am so passionate about you guys navigating your birth, being educated, understanding what happens to you, and also being able to process your birth in the way that you need. So I hope you guys loved it as much as I did. As always, have a fantastic day, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye for now.